0: Hello and welcome, everyone, to episode fifty-three of the AppDVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between March thirteenth and March nineteenth, twenty twenty-two. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about some developments at the executive suite level at Aptera, as well as a brief conversation on efficiency of the vehicle. Hello, everyone. I hope that you all had a great week. I hope that you're all staying safe in light of the madness that is going on around the world. A bit of a shorter episode this week. Um, we're, I guess, in a bit of a slow period. We're, I guess we were blessed with a couple of months of seemingly constant announcements from Aptera. And now we're, we're waiting on news about updated developments of the beta prototype. Um, there was... Uh, it, there's. There's there hasn't been a lot of new articles going going around. Aptera is still in the process of moving into their their new facility in Carlsbad, California. Yeah, they I guess maybe this is a a minor bit of news, not really a full story, but they did recently share a screenshot of the Aptera beta prototype in what looked like a warehouse, which is presumably the new facility that they're and the, the caption was getting ready to move into the new new place. And so with that preamble out of the way, i will start of, of one of two very very small stories of the week. The, f- the first one more notable, which is uh, an interesting article I saw in Auto Evolution about a, a key staff member for Aptera, Nathan Armstrong. Nathan Armstrong, um, if you recall, is the Chief Technology Officer at Aptera. And he actually featured in several webinars in 2021 about the, the vehicle, he was basically the, the person who, you know, listening to him speak about Aptera and its potential and the things that could be changed. That's where I, I I got a lot of experience learning about what it was that Aptera was trying to do, you know, what a cambered airfoil meant, the advantages of electric controllers in the vehicle, as opposed to, you know, how they were gonna do power stealing, steering. And and there was just a lot, of, just a wealth of information that he provided um, uh, you know Nathan, Nathan Armstrong himself had a long history of electric vehicle experience. I think one of one of the first stories that he spoke about was was basically, you know, he had a connection to what ended up being the origin story for Tesla with their their Roadster. In any case, going back to the auto evolution story, uh, according to them um so Nathan Armstrong who is as far as I can tell he's still up CTO as CTO has founded another EV startup called Armstrong Electric Vehicles. It's based in Alberta, Canada. Which, quick side note, is um, apparently the the leading location for listenership for this particular podcast in Canada. So shout out to the to Wild Rose Country. Um, in any case, um, Armstrong Electric Vehicles is focused on bringing an electric off road bike called the EB One to the market. And so, uh, apart from the fact that the EB-1 has less than four wheels and that it's a relatively inexpensive vehicle, it's going to cost, start at $15,000 Canadian, which is about $11,700 U.S., there doesn't appear to be a a lot of shared DNA between the EB-1 and Aptera. It, It features a very simplified design, and so... I'm not sure, you know, where there there were opportunities for for overlap, or, or if it would have been advantageous to incorporate something like composite materials. But when you look at the the bike itself, it's the EV One is it's basically an off road bike that consists of the frame, the the wheels, the seat, and and the battery. You know, there's there's not a lot of it's a, a very uh it's a a minimalist I, approach. I think is is the way that I would describe it, and So, you know, so far I haven't seen a lot of coverage of, you know, the news that presumably Aptera's chief technology officer has started his own electric vehicle company, but the reaction that I've seen online from the Aptera side, it it appears to be a a bit mixed. And so uh, essentially I think the big question that people have is whether the fact that Nathan Armstrong has started a new electric vehicle company means that he's remaining in the same position that he's in currently at Aptera. And if he is staying in the same position at Aptera, then how will his role be impacted by his responsibilities at this new startup? Now, looking at the proposed bike as well as the scale of production, it looks like it just, from a very uninformed outsider perspective, to me, it looks like this could very much be you know, he started this company last year, it, it could very much be a long term side project that you know, he's had in the works and he's thought about and he's he's just finally kicked the wheels at, you know, pun intended in motion, um, of getting getting you know, the name out so that they can start doing this. Um, and, you know, maybe it will barely impact his day to day responsibilities as CTO at Eptera. On the other end of the spectrum, you know there if there are other staff members that have taken on an increased role because nathan is is stepping back or or maybe stepping away in the future and because he's working on this this startup then i you know i would love to know more about this transition You know, based on the fact that we haven't heard much from nathan armstrong in a while you know this is a, a big contrast to last year when you know it seemed like he was he was featuring on things you know for the first half of the year fairly regularly and then that kind of shifted around it you know there and there's plenty of reasons for why that could happen but you know we haven't haven't seen it in a while it's possible that he has a reduced role at aptera uh, but aptera has shared a very high level roadmap uh, about their plans for future vehicles and so the chief technology officer position is is still a very critical uh, position for the company you know they they they're not the roadster this this two door vehicle is just the start and you know there's a lot that they're still working on and so i've i've i have i have questions about what this means for his role and i'm hoping that the the company will will clarify that I've also seen some questions about what the impact of the change in the CTO would have on the the future of the the IPO that they're planning, um, and you know, Aptera will, will certainly need to provide answers in in that department. I, I guess we'll have to wait and to see about what's going on with their personnel announcements regarding the CTO soon, and and so so let's let's look out for that news soon. The last news story of the day is actually a bit of a throwback, and it comes from an article that I just never had the time to really go through and digest, but I, I just went through and looked through it. it's it's from a company that's called Airshaper, which is a cloud-based platform for assessing aerodynamics. And I previously shared an art this article and, and so you you'll I'm going to put it again in the show notes for this episode, but if you go back to episode fifty, there's also a link to the article, although I didn't speak about it in that episode. And I did realize that the article itself came from a company that is that is providing a tool for Aptera um, to assess the aerodynamics and which Aptera has used and featured in their own presentations. It, in fact, if, if you have watched any of the presentations from Aptera in the last year or so, you've probably seen some some images and graphics. Um, that include an an Aptera, a simplified version shape of an Aptera with colored lines, uh, specifically the green lines around the Aptera, indicating where there are areas of turbulence and smooth air. Um, And that is coming from this, that's that platform. Airshaper is the entity or is the company that has created that tool that was used to create those images. And the the article itself is about aerodynamics and the race for increased range in electric vehicles. And they they talk about they you know they they start out talking about you know historical uh, aerodynamic and very efficient vehicles going up into the more present and how that will impact range. And the article itself, you know, apart from being interesting, is it really reminded me of several features of aerodynamics that. That will that may impact the range frab terrors as, as well as uh, other performance. Um, and so you know for or a bit of background on, on the I guess the the history of the the ultimate aerodynamic vehicles, um, it starts off with the mercedes w one twenty five which is not a a vehicle that I'm familiar familiar with, but which actually held the the land speed record at two hundred and sixty eight miles per hour for a long time and this was set way back in 1938 which is uh, stunning if you look at the car it looks like the the car out of um, the speed racer and it's it's um there's you know the there's it's a single seater vehicle um i don't know if you'd call that a a monocoque chassis design but there's a a dome where you can see where the person is sitting in it and the coefficient of drag for the vehicle was just 0.235 so so 0.235 coefficient of drag and achieved a top speed of 268 miles an hour, 1938. That's pretty remarkable, and the car needed to be so aerodynamic because of something that that I've I'm I want to say that I've heard this from uh, co CEO Chris Anthony, but the the force required to push air out of the way, and the, and the rate that that inc- increases the relationship between the force. Of pushing air out of the way of a vehicle, and the velocity of the vehicle is a a cubed relationship. In other words, the faster you go in in a vehicle, um, the the more energy that that vehicle is going to expend pushing that out of the way, and, it, and it's not a linear relationship. It it goes up, you know. The, there's a, a huge amount, and so the reason why the Mercedes um, W one twenty five was so aerodynamic was because, you know, in order to uh, in order to set the record, they needed something that was very aerodynamic, so that with the amount of power that they're able to to output, you know, they could utilize that power. Otherwise, they would literally hit a wall of air that would stop them from, from going a, at a faster speed. And you know, I, I have to be to be perfectly transparent. I do not fully understand the physics of the the equations here that that lead to that cubed relationship to, to velocity, or excuse me, the velocity of a vehicle and the, the air resistance. Um, and I also do not know the, the specific math behind something that I have, I have heard stated in the past that the ultra low coefficient of drag for Aptera is something or actually for any vehicle, it's something that really stands out at, at the, the higher speed of the vehicle, which makes sense because. You know, as after you get to a certain point, you're literally hitting a wall of air, and so Aptera is going to be able to slip around that. Um, uh, but I, you know, I wanted to 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 go, you know, go further and state that, you know, um, I don't know how that's going to impact, you know, the EPA or WLTP testing um with the fact that you know you need to get i don't know what that that high speed is that it's really going to separate um however reading this article about you know the land speed record in 1938 um another vehicle that i learned about from this article the the ford probe 5 concept from way back in 1985 which had apparently a coefficient of drag of 0.135 which is uh, higher than aptera but only just um it, it just makes me think about how there's never really been anything like the Aptera that has come to market before in any any scale. And I'm not sure that the normal tests that are being used to assess the range of the vehicles and, and what it means um, are really going to capture the, the strengths. Um, it, what I mean is that if there's a cubed relationship between the losses from the force of air and speed, Then I would expect that any testing that involves an APTERA drive, or I guess if the EPA testing—I don't know how this works—if it involves driving at a constant speed um, at like at a certain, say, maybe fifty-five or sixty miles an an hour, um, then I think the the APTERA is just going to have a huge advantage over those other cars, and it may lead to some kind of skewed results because. You know for for you know an aptera traveling at sixty miles an hour versus literally you know or pretty much any other car on the road is just you know they're 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 facing a fraction of the forces and then there's gonna be a pretty big difference and similarly w- with the aptera weighing um a lot less and having a a lower rolling resistance with three wheels, then I would imagine that any losses from from starting and stopping the vehicle. I would imagine that that that's going to have an impact too, and and is again may may really kind of skew the results, and make a you know the Aptera you know the official numbers, um, you know may may make it look even more extreme than it than it actually is, and and you know this is one of the things that I'm really looking forward to when Aptera completes all of the final testing on the production intent versions, because I think what they're going to end up doing is is exceeding expectations in a lot of really important ways but but even better what i'm expecting is that when people actually have the vehicle they're they're going to discover that they that a goal of consuming 10 watt hours per mile is actually you know is 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 maybe more of an of an average and that it's possible to to greatly exceed that um and, and all this is 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 what i had in mind when i'm reading this article about range and 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 seeing you know you're just thinking about that that number and how that impacts you know the the air resistance and and how it, it's when you when you look at this 0.13 drag with the aptera that that's 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 far more um, because there's not this linear relationship you know when you're even looking at you know like a the tesla model s at, at 0.2 or under 0.2 or, or lucid again like right around there that there's just going to be these these massive massive efficiency gains for for the vehicle um, in any case so a really fun article that i recommend everyone check out if you haven't before and i think we should all stay tuned for for more announcements from the aptera team on what the real world testing of, of this vehicle ends up being And that concludes episode 53 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope that you found this episode interesting. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include the link for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit on an Aptera. And so, if you really like the podcast, use my referral link and, and share it with a friend as well. The Apt EVs Podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptEVspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs Podcast. You can also send audio messages through the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.